inside his own. You can fight it. There's the bounce, Somerville, and there's the siren. Victory for the Bombers. But in the end, you'll fail. Kevin Sheedy joins Dick Reynolds as the most successful club in over 100 years at this famous club. The red and black runs through you. and rich in history that no club can match. Looking for a mark here. We have clubs in the AFL, the VFL, the VFLW and the brand new Wheelchair Football League. Four clubs, one goal. Join Liam and Andrew for your weekly Essendon fix. Reviews, previews of all four clubs right here on the Flying Up podcast. The other teams, they don't fear. They all try their best, but they can't get near as the bombers fly on. And there's nothing I can do. Sorry. What's that song? That's um, uh, Space Oddity by This Is Ground Control, David Bowie. Oh, that's the Major Tom. I'm stepping through the door. And, he goes, and here am I I'm sitting, sitting in, in a ding can. can. It's so weird how he does that. You're listening to the Flying Up podcast, which is, that was appropriate because David Bowie in that song was flying up. Yeah, well, we should keep that in the intro. We should. Let's, let's take out Liam's creepy sexual intro and put in... Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? No, I'm for... Look, I'll, I'll tell you from there. I really do subscribe to the show. I do listen to it with yeah. Bowie because I do have an interest in a football club yeah. and I like the work that you and Liam are doing. Oh, thanks. But whenever I hear that you-know-what <laughs> intro, I have yeah. to forward through it because I just feel like he's behind me whispering in my <laughs> it's ear. Just, it sounds it's, like... What is, what is he say? It, I, I don't listen to it because I forward through it. it, it the heart of a club. And I'm just, it sounds like a dream sequence, doesn't it? It's kind of like it's like he's coming up behind me, massaging my shoulders creepily, and at his home. And Ugh. he goes, um, "It sounds good. I'm worried about it." Like you said, you recorded it to me, and he said, "I said I, I like it. I think it's you know, I think I'm, I'm happy with it. I do worry if it sounds a bit sexual." And I thought, oh, how, "Okay, yeah." And yeah, and he goes, "Yeah." And well, you just listened to it, listeners, haven't you? You've just heard it then. Um, it's, yeah. See, let's 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 we every week we look at. Anyway, so that's um, you are listening to the Flying Up podcast each week. We look at all things Essendon Football Club, uh, the AFL, the VFL, uh, the wins, the losses, defeats, disappointments, um, lack of victories, bad seasons. Yep, yep. Uh, so scores from nineteen twenty eight. So that is what we talk about on this show. Although I am being very negative because this week we had a win. Yeah, look, it wasn't necessarily a clash of the titans that we were all hoping for, but it was a win nonetheless with the four points, and that's the main thing. Moving on to the um, uh, with the season I said earlier in the month that when I looked at the fixtures and we're heading into the bye round mm-hmm. I liked Essendon to you know we're playing uh, Geelong GWS Richmond and Brisbane I wanted to at least win three out of those four before we went to the bye round because you know you want to go into the bye round with a, you know, some good numbers yeah. and we accomplished that despite you know the disbelief by <laughs> the large part of the community I don't think anyone thought we are going to beat GWS in Sydney No. I don't think anyone believes that we're going to beat Geelong in the MCG no 
But we were able to come away with the win with both of them. So that was the main thing. And, you know, we lost to the Tigers, but you can't win every game, you know. No, and I think beating beating uh, uh, I think beating Brisbane in Brisbane is a pretty good achievement. I mean, they're not... They have made that a bit of a stronghold. Yeah. They've been beaten there a lot of times. But I think if, if Brisbane are going to win anywhere, it's at the Gabba. And I was specul- I was, I was sceptical if they were going to be able to overcome Brisbane. Brisbane have been getting so close to beating teams all year. And mm. Essendon have been shutting down traditionally in the third quarter this year. Yeah. So I thought those two factors might lead to a Brisbane victory. But I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I think we have to mention uh, the man of the match was Stringer. Three goals, two, uh, 12 disposals. Uh Five. Mar- Why do I mention the marks? I did it the last time we recorded. Because marks well. are important. You know, Gold Coast. Uh, what I've heard was the Gold Coast Stars when they played GWS. They mm. were the only team in history not to take a mark in their forward in their forward yeah. fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Like VFA, VFL, AFL. Yeah. No marks. And it makes me wonder how they got any marks in. The, it makes me wonder how they got any goals, doesn't it? The fact that they didn't take a single goal in their entire fifty the whole game. I mean, that's appalling. You don't really want that from uh, your team. No. Uh, but Stringer, yeah, three goals, one, uh, 22 disposals and 17 kicks. Why do you think he's suddenly coming into it? Off air, you were saying that you think maybe he's now playing like an Essendon style of game. Yeah, I just believe that um, when we go to the start of the season, he didn't feel that comfortable within the Essendon Football Club being moved around quite a bit because he was started in the midfield, then moved into the forward line, then moved into the half-forward flank, then back in the midfield. Like, you just didn't feel like he really knew what his role was in the club. Mm-hmm. I think now that we're midway in the season and he and he's played with the Bombers long enough, knowing his players, his teammates, and knowing quite how they work and how they approach the game, that's kind of helped him in the end. Because we saw against the Lions, if you rewatch that game, he was attacking the footy a little bit harder than he normally would. And mm. it was in positions where you knew that, you know, he was going to uh, take the footy down with him. So we did see a different game when he wasn't necessarily waiting for the ball to come to the ground, but much rather he was actually going for a clean mark and set short at goal, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. Despite despite the Bulldogs two years ago when they were playing more of a fast, fast-moving, mm. hand-passing type of game. And we really only need him as a goal kicker, don't we? I mean, we've got people who can play that kind of fast midfield. We've got a lot of fast midfielders. Yeah. We don't really need someone to do that. We need someone who can kick goals, and he's done that. And actually, I just realised we haven't even gone over the scores. Uh, as we said, Essendon defeated Brisbane. Essendon defeated Brisbane 84, uh, 12-12, 84 to 8-14, uh, 62 which is not bad. That's not bad for Essendon. 12-12, 12 goals. Um, again, I mean, you know, you could look at that and say the 12 behinds is pretty inaccurate, but then I mean, uh, if, I if goals come out of it, who cares, really? I don't think it's that big a deal. But, I mean, there were several shots at goal that they probably should have taken. And in today's game, it is very different um, where we are seeing players... I mean, I think Devin Smith even did it when he could have gone for a drop punt, decided to go for a snap kick a goal, and then they didn't even make the distance. And it was about probably about 30 out. Yeah. So it is a different game that we're seeing today. Some players need to be smart enough, in my opinion, to say, you know what, a drop punt can do the job mm-hmm. in the end. Who was that? Was I that? think it was Devin Smith. I'm just okay. going off of memory yeah. here. I'm not, I, I haven't reviewed the show. Yeah. I haven't reviewed the game yet, pardon me. But I think it's just, you know, in today's day and age, you could say, you know what, 12 behinds isn't that bad if they mm-hmm. scored 12 goals. But if you look at the Lions, I think it was like eight goals, 14 behind. Yeah. But in my opinion, you know, some players need to be smart enough by the coaches and saying, when you're in front of goal, do what you feel comfortable, but sometimes a drop punt is good enough. Yeah, totally agree with that. Another person we should mention is Mitch Brown, who uh, sort of came out of nowhere and got two goals, two, 13 disposals for 10 kicks. Uh, now, if you look at he look at the heat map, both him and um, McDonald, Tip and Woody were using a lot of the ground 
Um, McDonald and Woody particularly almost a third of it. He, he, he had a fantastic match as well. Two goals, one mm. and 12 disposals. We'll get to him in a minute. Mitch Brown, what do you think? What, why do you think he suddenly became the man of this match? Look, if you're looking at the team early in the year, there was a lot of demand for John Mersfeld to start dropping players and putting them in the VFL when the Essendon form wasn't as good as, as some people expected it to be. And we saw that with McKernan. Um, mm. When John Danaher went out with his injury and he's out for a couple of weeks now and he hasn't played for most of the year, we saw McKernan come out and then he just became a power forward, kicking, I think, more than three goals. And we mm. were sitting here stunned saying, where did this guy come from? And I think I was on the show when that happened, and I said to you, well, McKernan now is playing with a purpose. He's trying to prove a point that he isn't just a top-up player from the the scandal that happened not that long ago. He's not a guy that's only here to play in the VFL and, let's just say, mentor some guys. He wants to be in the team, and he wants to prove mm. that he owns a position here and that he's worth a senior position. I think we kind of saw that with Mitch Brown as well. Brown... Yeah. Um, in my opinion, when he was brought into the side, he was in the VFL for the most part. He was a terrific player when we had the the top up issue when he was another forward we dreaded yeah. But we kinda of seen that uh Stewart kinda of took up that position and with mm. Jake Stream coming in, that is more competition for Mitch Brown to work for his position in the forward line. But I think that's one of the reasons. He came into that Brisbane side, uh, in that Brisbane game, pardon me, to say to people, I'm here to stay, I wanna stay in this forward line and I'm gonna prove why and I think, you know, in a way that he did prove that in the uh, game against the Lions. Definitely, definitely. It's interesting you mention uh, 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 what's it, sorry, uh, you, it's interesting you mentioned Stuart because he had quite a quite, actually he was out. He, he was, was dropped. He, he yeah. was dropped this match. Yeah, um, but it's interesting how little difference it made not having him in. I, I was actually thinking of McKernan, sorry, because he had a comparatively quiet match, only one goal and only uh, 12 possessions um, and I wonder if perhaps when Mitch Brown was sort of taking his place a bit as well, a same pocket same yeah. position. Um, look, I, I feel weird. It feels weird because Stringer was the only one that got three goals, which is impressive. But he, he was playing deeper in the forward half. Yeah. And when they were approaching the, their forward 50, they were going quite higher yeah. than they would usually go. Yeah. The other person who got uh, the other multiple goal scorer was, uh, as we said before, Tip and Woody at two goals one. Mm-hmm. How interesting is that that he's now becoming one of our regular goal kickers? He yeah. is a midfielder. He's not someone that people credit as a goal kicker, but I think he's now got the stats behind him to show that he could be one of our forwards. One it's, of very, our it's very simple to Woody. Just put him up forward and then just torpedo that thing as far as you can <laughs> and let him run <laughs> <run> for it. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of the game plan at the moment. But Tim Woody did do well. Yeah. I enjoyed his work in the, in the last quarter. I think that's what kind of mm. pushed him over the line. He is a fast player. I remember you you saying earlier with the with the dropping of Stewart and the, the inclusion of Brown, and you said was it's interesting that that kind of makes a difference. Mm. Well, we kind of forget in football that, you know, your forward players are your targets that you want to hit. Yeah. And if they are not converting into goal and they are missing the goal, that does affect the team as a whole. Yeah. So by them removing Stewart and uh, removing... So we could say removing McKernan from the forward line and placing Stringer and Brown in that uh, forward line. If they are more effective, that is going to change your game. And it didn't change the game in the end. It didn't yeah. end in a Bombers win with consistency in front of goal. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Tip and Woody did play a terrific game, and he is, uh, you know, his form is improving in the, in the coming weeks. He looks like he's more consistent. Playing playing smarter footy, I mean, you could be the fastest guy in the world, but if you're not consistent with the yeah. ball, then what's the use of it? But he was consistent, and I liked him a lot. Do you think he'll be better preferred in the forward line, or would you rather play him off half back or on the wing? Where would you like to play him? Tim Woody, I think, well, I reckon that where they're playing him now, which is sort of uh, half back, mm. where he can get to the midfield if necessary. But 
I I think they the fact that he's kicking goals now. Oh, I wouldn't have put him before when he wasn't that accurate a goal kicker, but now he is. Yeah. I think keeping him forward and making him a goal kicker, making him a forward permanently. But and the, people the, like Saad are doing a good job of being our crummers. And McKenna, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, McKenna as well. Yeah, he had a decent match. I think he got ten disposals. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what we're gonna say is, I was gonna say if you have, I mean, Mark Bagley has moved towards the forward line now. We, he was mm. traditionally a halfback player. And I remember when he first came into the team many years ago, a lot of people were saying that he's going to be the Chris Yaron of the Essendon Football Club. Chris Yaron, when he, no, he was a, he was a yeah. terrific player for the Blues when he did play for him. But Chris Yaron was, you know, you just give it to Yaron and he just sprints it from the halfback through to the middle and giving you an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And everyone said, well, he's going to be that player. They're going to put him at halfback, give him the ball, and he can sprint it and take it up forward. The issue is now, though, that they are playing more as a forward line player, and he's proven to be successful in that forward line. So then you're going to have to think about it is, well, if you put a similar player, maybe faster, but a similar player, McDonald to Pamorty, with Mark Bagley in that forward line, yeah. do you have too many small, fast players and not enough talls in that forward line? Like, it's all about balance in this game. So yeah. is it going to be an uneven balance by putting Tipamorty in that forward line? I, I, I look. I think at the moment we need all the forwards we can get. And I was going to say the one thing that we can both agree on, I believe, is that Essendon managed to get across the line with Brisbane because they had forwards there. They had targets. I was watching the Port Adelaide um, North, not North. What was that? Port Adelaide Bulldogs match last night, mm-hmm. which shows you when we recorded this podcast. <laughs> and they, um, they were they, regardless of how many, how, regardless of how far down. Uh, their defence it was Port Adelaide always had at least one player in their forward fifty. Yeah. Even even though completely alone, there weren't even a bulldog supporter on them because they were all down helping out with the f- problem with the with the with the, with the effort at the f- in the forward. Mm. But they still had someone in the in the in their forward, so that on the off chance Port Adelaide were able to get it out of their f- out of their defensive fifty, get it through the middle, they had a target. And Essendon just have never had that. Or they no. there's so many matches when they don't have that. And it's ridiculous and frustrating because they'll get to the forward 50. They get to the 50-metre mark, mm-hmm. and there'll be no one there. And so they just have to kick it into space. Mm. The ball falls around on the ground you know, towards the goal but doesn't go anywhere. And then because we always seem to get beaten by the ball, the opposition picks it up and gets it down. It was a waste of time. Yeah. So the fact that they had people for this Brisbane match in the 50, and I think uh, Tip and Woody's in the action, maybe not so much him, but uh, people like uh, Brown mm-hmm. and people like you were saying before, um, Bagley. Mm-hmm. Bagley, right. Bagley's fantastic like that. He's just there. He doesn't need to be in the action. They don't need all the players around the ball all the time to get possession of. They should be. They should. They should be strong enough players that they can get the ball uh, out of out of contest without needing heaps of support and heaps of crumbs around. Yeah, them. exactly. I I completely agree with you yeah. on that point. Do you think the fact that Sh- uh, Sean Beams for Brisbane wasn't playing? Do you think that was one of the reasons? Well, he was, he was playing. Sorry, he was playing, but he only got he didn't get any scores you at mean, all. Are you sure you don't mean Dame Beams? Dame Beams. Sorry, yeah. Sean Beams. I think was a singer. No, I think oh, the fact that he wasn't playing. Do you think that yeah. made a difference? Um, but Sean, the fact that Dame Beams yeah. wasn't playing for Brisbane with a score of zero zero, mm-hmm. he practically wasn't playing. Do you think that made a difference to the fact that Brisbane lost? If he no, got his because uh, tri- if he got his usual five goals they would have won no because I mean we saw what he was where he could do against North Melbourne when he was on ball kicking five goals and it still wasn't enough yeah. I say this a million times you can't base a team around a player it didn't work with the Gold Coast under Gary Ablett no. it's not going to work with the Brisbane Lions yeah, yeah. you got to build a team that, that team totally agree that team in my opinion is a very I mean they had Luke Hodges there which is terrific that you have someone like a senior player there but in my opinion they just they're just such a a young team, lacking leaders, lacking consistency. I mean, the gabber isn't the gabber anymore. When you when you have a stadium, a, a stadium 
where they got an entire section of the yeah. field that's a giant electronic advertising board yeah. taking up what used to be seats. That's not a good sign. When you have a section of the stadium where they what the, I've never been to the gallery, but it looks like a cafe. Have you seen that yeah, behind does, the goals? Yeah, yeah, it's all with the tables and chairs. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good sign. And no, it, it looks like a, it looks like a theatre piece. It looks like a play, a, a cafe scene taking place in a in a in a, a theatre. Yeah, it? I know, but that's not yeah. a good sign either. And no. I think that team is just lacking leaders, lacking consistency. A lot of young players there, and it's, and they don't have no good players. They've got terrific players there, but they're just not in form. Yeah, and that's what hurt him in the end. And I think you know. Essendon should have won by a lot if you rewatch that game. They were taking on the ball a lot better than they used to, but at the same time, you know, they were inconsistent in front of goal. 12 behind, I know you're saying it's not that bad, 12 12. It, it's not that great no, to, to no. miss 12 shots at goal. And they should have scored, in my opinion, at least five or six of them. Okay, yeah. yeah. Five or six, it should have been, you know, way more than that. And that's what separates the really premiership teams from the from the sort of wannabes, isn't yeah. it? The fact that they can get just about any goal. Hey, most goals usually win a game, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you look back on the Brisbane Lions scoring shot when it was eight goals, fourteen. Yeah. When if you score fourteen behinds in the game, and then you're starting with the ball, you should be able to convert from that. Yeah. You should be able to work a, a ball from your defensive half into your forward half and score a goal, and you know. Make sure your team pays the ultimate price. Yeah. So a win's a win. I'm glad we got the four points, but the fact of the matter is, we we're playing a team that wasn't in form, mm. and we we're playing we we're playing a team that we should have been. We did be in by a good margin, but we should have been more consistent in front of goal. Yeah. And if yeah. you're going to play the West Coast Seagulls in Perth and North Melbourne here, two teams in the top eight, two teams in excellent form. Yeah. And you know you're going to bring a performance like that to them. You're not going to do that well. No. No, that's definitely true. So if you could, if you could, is that if you could each week we say what one thing we could take away from that round was? Would that be this week that you that they need to be more accurate in front of goal? Yeah, and I mean, the league of today is not what it used to be, and yeah. they're not as accurate. But I mean, <laughs> I think the players used to be more smart, uh, smarter. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the stutter. No, run up, you know, when you run the Josh Kenny yeah, run yeah. in front of goal yeah, stutter. Yeah. I don't know why people do it. It's stupid. It's just, it's unbelievably stupid. Yeah. It's, it stunts your run. Yes, yeah. It just, it, I don't know, it's just, it's weird to me. And Josh Kenny does it perfectly. Everyone else who does it, it's just, they, it doesn't look like a clean kick in my well, opinion. They usually miss. And they've, and they've obviously tried watch Josh Kennedy and thought, oh, I can do that. And therefore, it worked for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Brendan Favol used to hold a hand higher up than the football than anyone else, but it used to work for him. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they just need to be cleaner and smarter in front of goal. Yeah. If you're not, you know, that cl- if if you're not on that bad of an angle, try yeah. a drop punt. Yeah. Don't go for a banana or or for a snap kick. Completely. Goal. Yeah. Go for a drop punt, kid. You know what I mean? We just need to be smarter and more efficient in front of goal, and just we we do need to be smarter around the goal. It, we, that is the key part of our kicking. Yeah. But other than that, we're doing well. We we did we did take more risks in that game, which some paid off, some didn't. But I mean, at least we took the risks. Oh look, Liam's told us we should talk a bit about the VFL, so we must talk about that. The lesser, weaker. The spawn Sega the runs of the of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't, no one else watches the reserve armies we don't we don't go to a restaurant and ask for the reserve food that's been you know now after we meet you we go out on Saturday night to watch the footy and yeah. we're like what, 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 what's it what's this what's this the grand fi- no put the VFL grand final yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, so I, I want to watch, watch, yes. watch, watch 
Claymont. Yeah, West Coast Richmond. I don't think so. I want to see what how Coburn went against Williamstown. Um, so Essendon, however, but this might get you interested in the VFL because Essendon are third. Oh, really? Yeah, they thumped Coburg last week uh, at Windy Hill by 94 points. The final score being uh, 2017. That was a great year. 137 to 6-7-43. Uh, now, um, th- now, compare that to the AFL. 2017, as the scores go, that's pretty remarkable. That sort of gives you a hint at what the AFL score might have been if they'd got some more goals, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, they're... Forward line was pretty good. Um, yeah. No one would like to be a fell because, I mean, people kind of look down on it, but it is a great way to get some players back into form and um, really kind of, you know, if they've got injuries, to work at their injuries because it isn't as aggressive. It is a tough game to play because, you know, there's no, there's, it's not a stadium. It's a local ground, so the wind's a little bit more tougher, so it is makes it harder for you to kick at goal. But, you know what, it's, it's not a bad league. And the... the you know, the Bombers reserve team, I'm glad they're doing well and you know, they can catch a game every now and again at Windy Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, a few people who do... Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's quite a... It's, it's, it is an indictment. It's, and on that point, a few people who uh, do well in the AFL and I don't know why aren't playing more regularly, like Kobe Mulch got 33, ball, 33 touches. Dylan Clark, who I don't think he's ever played in an AFL side, has he? Personally? I think he's played a, a couple of games, but not, not often, yeah. I never don't remember him. He's, uh, he got 38 touches, so extraordinary work there. Lazaro and Collins both got their first goal and uh, first goal in, in a VFL match on the weekend. And Travis Collier and James Stewart, uh, that's where they were. They both delivered uh, incredible performances, uh, both getting two goals in the first quarter. So, you I know, know, you I never know, know, do you? I know we have a rough team to break into, but... Travis Collier, I don't, know why I don't like not, Travis Collier. You're not a big, no, really. Why no, not? I actually, I remember. Yeah, I remember we went to a game once and we both said, "Still say dial." I said, "Oh, Jay Collier is useless," and you said, "Jay Collier is great." <laughs> Almost exactly the same time. Jay Collier is great, useless, useless, great. Yeah, I, why don't you? Why do you like him? He's very. He's got great hands and he's very fast and he's and he's terrific on the wing. Like he just takes a lot of chances. I like. I love players that take chances and take yeah, risks. That's true. I, you know, I used to, and then I saw Goddard and Monfries <laughs> and some of the terrible ways that they used to turn the ball over. Yeah, it's all right. Um, no, but they were they were good, and I like Travis Collier. And he's played some terrific games in the midfield. And not, you know, like I said, he always takes chances. But it is it is. Interesting that he isn't in the senior team. I thought he was injured, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting that he's not in the senior team. But, you know, hopefully he can break his way back into the team uh, very soon. Definitely, definitely. And uh, so that leaves Essen, as I said before, third on the ladder. Uh, two gains ahead of the fourth place. Um, and this week, they all, all this week all the team have a buy, including the VFL Women's, mm-hmm. who are uh, not having a great season. Not The, fir- the first debut season, so can't, blame, can't, can't criticise them too much. They're at this stage, five gains, five losses to nothing. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, they had a pretty promising match at the Dreamtime game. I think they went down by their lowest score yet, mm-hmm. and there were some promising some promising players. So keep an eye out on that. But this round, all of the matches have buys, so we might even take a break. Yeah, why not? Next week, AFL as well. So um, Essendon play and killed in a few. Well, this is our fact of the week. Liam sent us a message from Townsville with a going. You know, hey guys, can you don't don't forget to play the fact of the round, eh? Um, Did we do it last week? We did actually. We did. I just found Google's Essendon round year thirty six. I know, I know, um, but I can't find the the Townsville the Townsville language. I put Google English to Townsville in, yeah. and it doesn't. There doesn't some translation for get yeah. up the backs. So um, because no one ever works up there, so there's no one ever to get it back off. Um, now Essendon plays in Guild in a few weeks' time. I thought it'd be interesting to look back on one of the craziest nights. Uh, I think yes. What now? When the power went out. 
<laughs> we'll see you next week. There's a vibe. <laughs> Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the Flying Up Podcast. I'm so effing good, mate. You are good. Did, oh, can you tell me what date it was that the power went out when Essendon was playing St Kilda? Oh, at least a year. I, 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 know, the, I know the stadium. Yeah. Was, was it Waverley Park? Yep, well, sure is. And thank God that's gone. And, uh, oh, early 90s. Uh, 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 Mid-90s, really. 94? 96. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. no, not too bad. And June 8th. Yeah. But yeah. then there was a riot and someone lit a fire in the stadium. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But then they, <laughs> then they came back yeah. and, like the, the next week and then <laughs> she made several changes and ended up killing St. Kilda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suspiciously. And he was nowhere near the PowerPoint <laughs> that went out. The fact that he'd plugged toaster in, he just really wanted toast. You know what's funny? Um, <laughs> he had like seven PowerPoints. <laughs> <laughs> so, taking gloves off as he speaks to the people say, no, officer, I had nothing to do with the power outage. Apparently, um, all, all a lot of people remember from that is when the power went out and went out in the commentary box as well. Well, but still had the camera working. I can't remember what, who, who was the commentator, but someone lit a match. I can see, I can see a few. Uh, you can see some. Is that looks like an Essendon player there is handballing it to uh, someone on the other side of the ground. I think he's just kicked it. I can't tell if it's gone through for a goal. Yeah. Actually, no, I've just been watching. I've I, I just been watching uh, uh, Basil Sampras for the last five minutes. <laughs> Well, the power's gone out, but I'll describe the latest episode of Everybody Loves Raymond here. <laughs> uh, Raymond uh, Marone uh, doesn't seem to enjoy his parents coming. Oh, they oh. drove a car into the <laughs> That was the best rated. That was highest rated <laughs> game in history. <laughs> they just narrated an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond that was played on Channel 11 at the time. Now, Deborah is uh, giving uh, Raymond a side look to show her. <laughs> Discomfort and disappointment in uh, Frank and Marie's uh, actions. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No, Frank's just walked in wearing a golf gear. <laughs> Uh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> we'll find out after this new the uh, commercial break. Now <laughs> yes. we are moving on to an Ajax yeah. commercial. Obi <laughs> yes, yes. apparently gets stains out of clothes faster than anything else. Uh, now the uh, woman in question uh, seems that she's dropped some... Uh, oh, she's dropped some spaghetti. <laughs> so fun? spaghetti is wearing white clothes. How is she going to take that out, Bruce? <laughs> oh, Dennis. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he narrated everyone loves Raymond like a footy match? Go <laughs> Dennis. So yeah, that dude, Raymond's coming out there. Raymond to Marie. Marie, passing to Frank, Frank back to Raymond. Raymond is talking about it, and he goes, oh, his wife, who I don't know the name of, comes in. And they've got the wedding, and they've got that awkward wedding. (laughs) Great, great joke there by the person who plays his brother. (laughs) Um, What what are the names? I don't watch watch everyone else. Is it all? Is it good? Is it good? Oh, it's great. I've only seen one episode, which is the one where they have the wedding and it's been taken over. What was taken over? It's been the wedding gets taken over. Like they, she, he's, he, Raymond's getting married to is it Deborah? Deborah, yeah. And she wants like all this stuff at his wedding, and he's like, "Am I even going to be there?" <laughs> it's been a good line. It is. I like that. Yeah, you like it? I love that show. It's a good it's show. Good. You listen to the Everyone Loves Raymond now. So that is the fact. Uh, June 8th, 1996. <laughs> oh, shit. <yeah>. <laughs> We're not still doing that podcast, are we? Um, anyway, that is, that is the score. And that is the podcast for this week. And that is the podcast um, for the next two weeks, actually, because, as we said, all of them have a bye. So there's really no point in showing up. We'll see you back for the next match in which we play North Melbourne at Etihad. So yeah, we play West Coast at Optus Stadium. In a Thursday match. That's right. Well, yes, you're right. Sorry, we play West Coast and Optus. That'll be an interesting match. I don't. I mean, it'll, I can't wait to see whether we get thrashed or hammered there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Don't forget to follow us to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash flying up podcast. 
And I don't think we have a Twitter page, so you can try and find us on Twitter. It'd be weird if you did. <laughs> <laughs> and also on Omni, uh, at Omni and iTunes, just the Flying Up podcast. But then if you're listening to it, then you already know that. So thanks. I've been Andrew. I've been Jeff. We'll see. You. And Liam will probably be back in town soon unless something happens. So um, unless he misses the one... one uh, V-line train. Yeah, it's a horse and carriage down. Yeah. So we'll be back with him in two weeks' time. Have a good one. Maybe stop the recording.